Hello, welcome to another episode of the Fan Minute Podcast. I'm DJ Gove. Chris Davis. Sean Hogarty. How's everyone doing? Fabulous. Doing well, sir. Awesome. Excellent, excellent. So last uh, last time we recorded, we went dip into 80s movies quite a bit because it was a slow news week and we had a lot of fun. <laughs> and uh, Sean wanted to kind of stick in the same decade, but swing it back over towards the music side of things. It's only because Sean misses his 20s. I'm I'm still in my twenties, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Mentally. <laughs> so I'm gonna give the four to Sean and to kick this thing off. Okay. And how you wanna handle this music talk there? Well, as as we kind of discussed previously, we're big fans of the eighties. I'm definitely a massive eighties music fan for a zillion different reasons. And so I just wanted to talk about eighties music, you know the types of things we liked, but also really focusing on where and how and when you listen to music. Like music was a huge deal for me, but, but you know, what, what was it for you guys? And music was really, even before the comics and everything else, mm-hmm. music was my first collection. That mm-hmm. was the thing. It was, you know, when other kids were asking for transformers or whatever it was, yeah. the first CD player, mm-hmm. like that's all I wanted for Christmas one year. And it was a Magnavox single disc. Yep. Probably cost my parents like 200 bucks back then or yep. whatever. Mm-hmm. When you're still buying CDs in the long boxes. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that was it. It was, I can still tell you the setup. It's my father's old pioneer, like wood grain. Oh yeah. Turntable slash receiver. Yep. That that was jacked into in a pair of old speakers. And it slowly, I was never the audiophile that you were, mm-hmm. but that became building a rack system. Yes. Going from that yep. to- Oh my God, when I graduated junior high and got my own receiver, mm-hmm. got to pick my own and I uh, bought a leech mirrors was still around. We could go buy components. So getting a dual cassette deck and things like that, it's building that out. Yeah. It's so it was, I was always a big music person. Um, it was mainly that's, there really wasn't like, there was no TV in the bedroom or anything like right. that. So when we came home and doing homework or whatever, there was always some music on. Yeah. The, yeah. What did you listen? So it's a little different for me, obviously, just because of the, the age gap. Yeah. So. Fisher Price tape deck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So he was putting Metallica in the Teddy Ruxpin. Peter Peter Palmer. Yeah. I did, I did that once with, uh, I think I did it with the Justice for All. Nice. So, um, (laughs) for me, it was more, obviously MTV. Yeah. That was big. That was, you know, for, for everyone in my age bracket um both my stepfather and my uncle were huge classic rock guys okay mm-hmm. so i guess start off with with that um parents got divorced when i was like five mm-hmm. and my step my mother started to date my stepdad when i was about seven i think mm-hmm. so from that age on i was i was i kind of got introduced to it that way and then also i said you know being raised by television for the most part, I was really into the songs I could tie to memories of movies or TV shows or something like that. Sure. Um, and then obviously the MTV stuff, it was, you know, whatever it was an eye popping video would catch your eye and et cetera, et cetera. And I think when I was like seven, I started actually asking for music. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to own it, not just the TV or the radio. Mm-hmm. Right. I found out, oh wait, I can control what I listen to. Oh yeah. So as we are all things like it's still probably one of my favorite albums. Um, the first record I ever asked for, it was a vinyl, was uh, "Color by Number" by Culture Club. Yep. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I'm a big Culture Club guy. 
Don't ask Really? Me. I never yeah, knew that. Yeah. That's one I didn't find until later. I, I was singing, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me in the Car this morning. Acapella, it wasn't on the radio. I don't know where it came <laughs> you from. You just busted out? Yeah, I just busted it out. So uh, I can't, you know, it's my thing is like a side You note. heard about the reunion, right? No. They were, they were, at, they were in Worcester last year. They're back together recording new music. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they come back. Next time they come back around, they come back to Worcester again. They were at the Hanover. I don't know if I'm a big enough fan to go see them, but Good stuff. I can't it's deny the, original, the appeal. The lineup. Nice. So it was, yeah, it was that. And um, I got Thrower, obviously, because every kid had Thrower. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, of course. Even though I hate the song Thrower. Yeah. So, so you want to go into in that? Short, so, why? Yeah. Okay. So as, if you listen to our Halloween episode, you realize that DJ is a tiny little bitch when it comes to anything scary. The one thing I'm scared of more than anything in the world is zombies. Interesting. When that video would come on, I would run and hide in the closet, fingers in the ears. La, la, you were la, la, pretty la. young, so I was I, pretty yeah. young. To the point where now, that been like eighty four. Yes, yeah. So the video would be on. You know, the video was always on because it was you know the most expensive video at the time, probably still is, and it was like this masterpiece thing. So I'm like five years old, and it just freaked me out. And it's like this like trigger thing. I have like, you know, nom flashbacks when I hear the start of the Jeez. song now. No offense to anyone who's actually in nom, I apologize, but it's just one way to describe it. We understand. It. Yeah. To the point where I was at work, I think I told you I was at work, you know, last month and uh, one of the doctors had it on her speaker before the site opened and I was like, excuse me, can, can you please turn that off? And she's like, okay, can I listen? I was like, yeah, no, just, I just, I hate that song. Please turn it off. Even like when I remember, like you know, we talked about. I like used to watch Glee. Yeah. When the when the Glee thrower. Nope. Fast forward. Wow. Just can't do it. Can't Those are the most it. harmless white kids you could ever find. I know. Yeah. I just can't do that song. Every other Michael Jackson song, I'm all over. I love Michael Jackson. But that kind of that for me nails this time period and kind of anchors how how much younger you are because that. The only reason that that can be is because of the age you were when yeah. it when it hit you. Because you know that was yeah we when were that came out. Older. That was it was a huge deal in the early. I days remember of the music big release. Video. They would hype yeah. the Michael Jackson yeah. video releases, and it was like twenty minutes long. Yeah. The original, you know, it had a presentation behind the scenes of it. Yeah. making of. And I know it gets silly. I know they start dancing and all that shit. But yeah. I never even made it to the dancing part. Really? Yeah, I never. I like, as soon as they start crawling on the ground, I was, still, I was, I fucking tapped. I was you. done. Yeah, it's still, but it's wow. like. It's just like a weird, like traumatic thing. I just can't do it. But anything else, Michael Jackson, especially from the you know the eighties period, I'm all over. Okay. I love Michael Jackson. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Everything else is a big part of me growing up. I, I was trying to think back through it, and the things that stick out to me, um, the the early eighties were the beginning of me realizing I wanted to play synthesizers, do electronic music, get into mm-hmm. studio stuff. Um, and a lot of that started with uh, Van Halen, of all of all things. The 1984 Jump. album, yeah. Yeah, 1984, Jump. That, you know, not as background accompaniment or mixed in, but flat out. I mean, that song is, more than anything... An Oberheim OB8 brass patch played by Eddie Van Halen, just this big, fat, buzzy, you know. So thing. It, is the synthesizer the bat bat? Yeah, yes, bah, yeah. Bah, yeah. Bah, I mean, it's back okay. home. So yeah. I taught myself to play piano. You know, I played Heart and Soul from kindergarten or whatever, and had goofed I around. I couldn't even have to spell piano. Yeah, and I <laughs> and I had taken you know I had taken various music instruments in third and fourth grade or whatever. 
but the album 1984 came out when I think I was in sixth grade in Virginia. And so it was 83, I guess, when it actually released. But that song, I immediately went out, got the sheet music. And, you know, to this day, I can still pretty much play the entire thing front to back, the, the solo and all that stuff. And, and it literally pushed me into what was a big piece of piece of my life for a while was just those sounds. And in seventh grade, I went to Alabama, crappy place to be into music, but the music teacher had an ARP Odyssey analog synth and he'd play it while we played band music awesome. and made all kinds of cool stuff. And, and I think within a year or so I had my first synth. I, I saved up some ridiculous amount of money and ordered it and, and, you know, went from there, but that, that everything about the synthesizer growth in the eighties across many different genres, right? I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, it, and then the, the new wave, uh, you know, stuff coming from, uh, from the UK and Depeche Mode and OMD and new order and, and lots of different flavors of this erasure. Yaz. Um, you know, that was, that was, everything to me and not only was that all stuff i listened to it was stuff i played now it's an interesting breakdown on the age gap and just the separation between the three of us where that's what kicked you off into wanting to play music yeah i was just enough knowing you that was the first album i ever bought oh yeah myself that's the first one i spent my own money on nice went to the store and grabbed but so I was just limping into that as a fan. Yeah. It's the desire to pick up an instrument didn't come until much later until somebody introduced me to Cream, oh, American yeah. Dominoes. Yep. It's Clapton was sure. The, and when you watch him play, I think you alluded to Clapton yeah. on another episode. It looks like you don't understand how hard that is. Oh, yeah. Because it's not like watching Via Momstein or any of these guys yeah. who just shredded. He looks just effortless when he it does. Looks, fingers it are just tickling. Like yeah. yep. his he doesn't even break moves. a sweat most of the time. Yeah. So that was... Those were the things like that was my gateway to music that I was finally finding on my own. Yeah. Like the first thing that somebody didn't present to me to listen to. Yeah. I mean, I grew up, I don't know how you were so much. In, were there older kids DJ around you that was, were giving you music to listen to? Not or? really. So like all my friends were about my age. I have one friend who had a slightly older brother a couple of years, but nothing major. I'm was, you know, I had no older cousins. I was like the oldest. Well, actually I take it back on my father's side. I do have my, my, one cousin was a little bit older, but um, nothing musically. I didn't have like, you know, like I wasn't like eight years old with like that 15, 15 year old cousin that was like, oh, here's a Van Halen album. I didn't have yeah. that. Yeah. I was always the youngest in my neighborhood. There was a lot of kids oh. around, but everybody, the next closest to me was probably Pete. He was like three years older and then he had older siblings. Yeah. So it was introducing me to like Sabbath. Yeah. Aussie solo stuff. So Randy Rhodes, those, yeah. those kind of things. But it wasn't until Van Halen and that was, it ties back into your MTV comment too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. when that album dropped, they blew up. They yeah. were huge before, but David now- David Roth was made Everybody for knew it. Yeah. Top 40 radio. I mean, yep. the whole thing. Yeah. That's- uh... Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah. Because I'd had no like musical influence like from, you know, peers or anything like that. I always wanted to play instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, I always wanted to play like, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to learn how to play guitar or drum. I didn't have the rhythm for drums. I don't think I still naturally don't. Um, tried to play saxophone for a little bit in school. I loved it, but it's just one of the things like we just couldn't swing it financially. Yeah. There was yeah. four of us and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so I, we didn't have the money for lessons or to keep running the instruments, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I never got to do that. So I fell off of that. 
but like I said, I, you know, I used to watch a lot of TV. So I have like my eighties music, like love it goes zigzags in and out of everything. Yeah. Everything. So like one of the biggest things from the eighties is probably my favorite band of all time is journey. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So you get all the great journey songs, Def Leppard, Sticks, Speedwagon, all that stuff. I've seen Journey, Sticks, and Speedwagon like four times in concert. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, but oh, then again- It makes the, me think of Night Ranger. I haven't thought about Night Ranger. Night Ranger. Yeah. Night Ranger. That video was on a ton when you and I were growing yeah. Which one? Sister, Sister Christian? Christian? Yeah. Just, again, I, you know, that, I learned to play Sister Christian note for note. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, what's the other, they also had some great uh, rumors in the air, had a fantastic synth- you know, thing through it. And- That's funny. I could probably still play the intro to Sister Christian. There's, <laughs> there's little bits of music that drive you. It's, I mean, Clapton may have played to the bug, but it was Guns N' Roses. Yeah. It was oh, yeah. the first time you heard the intro to Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah. It's like, I need a Les Paul and I need it now. Yeah. <laughs> Appetite <laughs> was, to- that was 88? Yeah. Uh, 87, it popped in 88. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, see, yeah I love that one too. I get- the last of your great like actual rock bands that was right yep. before grunge came in yep. before yep. nirvana soundgarden yep. all that i also was um i got very i started to pick up into the the metal scene mm-hmm. towards the end of the 80s when i was a little bit older and um got real into metallica was that um, the black album in that no period, that's, that's in that the later? 90s okay 89 was in justice for all okay. uh, so you had like um yeah. kill them all was before that yep. ride, ride the, the lightning, lightning. Master of Puppets. Yeah. yeah. See, I didn't listen to Garage Days. I didn't listen That's, to didn't any know that much. That. I was, was going to say, you were too young when Garage Days came. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there was all the Metallica. I started getting the Metallica stuff, but I just, like I said, I can go everywhere from you open my, you know, if you open my CD book mm-hmm. that I still have, and you went from like, you know, just if you just went the 80s stuff, like I said, I got Journey, I got Sticks, I got Metallica, I got Whitney Houston, I got some stuff I'm going to mention in my. Or top three, we get down to it later on. And you have all like the, you know, we talked about the movie soundtracks and stuff like that, all the movie songs. And, you know, that oh, was a yeah. huge part of it too. Like I said, the, the biggest thing for me is like, I mean, the 80s had a ton of great music, but I really gravitated towards the stuff that was in movies and in TV. Yeah. Even if it's something that was popular, but they use it in, in a TV show. Well, the soundtracks make you think of the movie itself. Exactly. It, it kind of naturally brings you back to those memories. Yeah. And I don't like to live in the real world. I like to live in the movie world. So <laughs> It's way more fun. Yeah, exactly. So what you were just talking about reminded me, I just pulled up a picture that I haven't looked at in a while, but it's a snapshot of a piece of time around the high school time frame. You talked about your CD book. Mm-hmm. So I, I was buying CDs very, very early on. I remember one Christmas, it was probably, I don't know, 86, maybe 87. I got a JBL, you know, boom box with a CD player on the mm-hmm. top oh, yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. That's, and I- You were big pimping. Yeah, I bought a bunch of, you know, I even drove half an hour out of town once I had a car to Davis, California, because there was an import CD store there, still all long mm-hmm. boxes, but I could get- like the 12 inch, the quote unquote, 12 inch maxi CDs imported from Europe with, you know, special mixes of Depeche Mode and New Order and, you know, and uh, other stuff. I built all kinds of stuff. I remember the first time I got Queen's Greatest Hits. Mm-hmm. Long before. Oh, yeah. Long before Wayne's World brought Queen back into the popular oh, yeah. Yeah. You had to import those things. They weren't selling them over here. But what I was going to bring up is this picture is. I have my old tape case, my two-sided silver oh, cassette tape case still full of stuff. And a while back, I found it in the garage and took a picture of it. Oh, wow. So so I'll show you this picture, but yeah, this is un, you know, untouched. 
I have uh, these are cassettes, right? So I'm reading the spines of the cassettes. Bill my cassettes. Asia Alpha, Billy Ocean, Suddenly, mm. Beverly oh. Hills Cop soundtrack, The Cars, Greatest Hits. Ooh, good band. Chicago 16, which is mm-hmm. a Stay the Night and Hard to Say mm-hmm. I'm Sorry and all that stuff. Club Nouveau, Life, Love, and Pain, right? Phil Collins, No Jacket Required. One of classic. my favorites. Catching up with Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode, Speak and Spell. Till Tuesday, Welcome Home. Voices carry with Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Madonna, True Blue and Like a Virgin. Chuck Mangione, 70 Miles Young. Chuck a little, Mangione. Yeah. So that's the Feel So Good, good yeah. album. Mm-hmm. I was a trumpet player back then. So there you go. Hooters, Nervous Night, Howard Jones, Herbie Hancock, Herbie Men, Han- at Wa- Men at Work, Europe, The Final Countdown. Hell yes. You had to have that. I like Men at Work. I love Men at Work. Dire Straits. Is it, Col- is it Men at Work Money for Colin nothing. Hayes? Colin Hayes, yes. Yeah. Who is still, his uh, his continued solo work, his awesome. a lot of acoustics. Was Europe's other big song, Carrie? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie, uh, I could play that one too. Mm. Uh, Back to the Future. Yes. 90125. Yes. Mm, that was nice the merge ball. of synthesizers, uh, big production by Trevor Horn, I believe, but also MTV music videos, other stuff. Mm. Van Halen, Miami Vice, mm. the TV soundtrack, Jan Hammer, yeah. one of yeah, the first Jan guys Hammer. to play synthesizers through distortion, through guitar amps. So if you listen to the guitar, the the Miami Vice soundtrack, it sounds like guitars, but it's not guitars. It's I think I have that on vinyl somewhere. You probably do. I probably do. Lionel Richie is also. Hell yes. Yeah. Lionel Richie was huge in that. That that was more my parents. Yeah. I never got into him. I mean, they watch so Ario Speedwagon, Foreigner. But this is when every band was dropping that one ballad. Yeah. Exactly. It was like mandatory. The label requested it. Oh yeah. But that's how, that was also the gateway to Lionel Richie and a lot of that stuff as well. Of course, I, I was an unabashed ballad, soft rock Oh, of course. Oh, I still dork. am. Yeah. I still am. Give me the cheesy, sappy stuff. I'm, I'm I think that's myself. my grandmother's fault. She, I used to drive, travel with them a lot. We'd drive around. They always had a big Cadillac and we'd, you know, mm. drive around places and she would be listening to... 70s soft rock like I've been to paradise but I've never been to me I'll <laughs> fall in love again you know and just it's, really cheesy stuff yeah cutting my teeth in music it was there was a constant push pull mm-hmm. like my parents were very much top 40 yeah. rock mm-hmm. where hanging out with everybody in the neighborhood and stuff like that that's what was getting I mean Sabbath and Ozzy were the yeah. gateway into all of the hair bands that were to follow yep. Yep. so your Motley Cruz, uh, L.A. Gun, Poison, Rat. Rat, Quiet Riot. Cinderella. Quiet so, Riot and Twisted Sister yeah. were huge at the same uh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were. So that's one of the things I was curious about with you two in particular, because, you know, we are West Coast, East Coast at oh, this yeah. point, right? So I'm not surprised by your experience at this time. I mean, there was a lot of overlap in metal and hair bands, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of what you're talking about I didn't get to Black Sabbath and Ozzy, you know, I didn't get to that till much later in college yeah, you when I ran into that. guys you were so who were not West Coast stuff. Yeah, 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 it was all it was all new wave synth goth. At least, at least for me. Yeah, I don't know if I would have found it if it wasn't for having the older friend, like yeah. friends with older siblings. That, yeah, so they were listening to it when it was popular. Yeah, and kind of handed it down. Yeah, that makes sense. I had uh, I I I don't even remember. I I think I first heard Depeche Mode, which was a big gateway thing for me then from a girlfriend at the time 
who was of course a mm-hmm. you know uh, you know kind of goth, but not in a way that it, you would think of it now. But you know there was a song "Blasphemous Rumors" yep. on uh, on uh, an album in 1984, "Some Great Reward," I think it was. I think it was '84, and you know it's very very dark and and you know girl. She didn't- also happen to be a fan of like Morrissey and The Cure. The Cure. Definitely, definitely. I was a huge Cure fan. This was a gateway into that. Mm-hmm. That's but, what I was asking. They kind of yeah, tied together. She's like, she was really dark and kind of, you know, suicidal and stuff. We went through a lot of interesting things in those days. Mm-hmm. Very self-important teenagers. And, <laughs> oh. and, but when I heard that song, I heard samples for one of the first times where a lot of that song is like medical breathing sounds you know, played rhythmically, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, different, more than just musical electronic stuff, but, but rhythmic or, or sonic soundscape type stuff. It's funny when you get into that stuff. So like Depeche Mode and The Cure, I didn't really know about them until the nineties. Yeah. So like for me, like my, the first Cure song I was yeah. exposed to was Friday I'm in Love, which yeah. is not your typical Cure <laughs> oh, song. So, so I was thinking, uh, that's actually a later album than, yeah. uh, what's the album? That has Fascination Street on it. It's, uh, I don't know. Oh, I couldn't. Uh, good, dis- not destruction. Damn it! It's a uh, disintegration. Disintegration. Yes. Right. So Friday, my, I'm in love is like the one after that's ninety two yeah, or ninety three. Yeah. Same thing with like um. So Depeche Mode. What's the one from the nineties? Is it? Um. um so the Black Silence Celebration. Oh, oh, enjoy the silence. Enjoy so that was um. That was Violator. That was actually like ninety ninety one. Okay. I think that's when I first heard yeah. them too. So there's a lot of the eighties bands that probably because like they were you know meant for like the you know the younger like the teenage generation. Yeah. I just didn't understand the music. Mm-hmm. Um, like Duran Duran too. I got I got into oh, Duran Duran. Oh, I love Duran. Duran. I didn't get into Duran Duran until I was older, and I heard Ordinary World in the nineties, and then I went back. Oh my god. So so Ordinary World is a fantastic Duran Duran song that harkened back to a lot of their best. Yeah, so I went back in and, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I like I have 80s on 8 preset on my Sirius and I listen yeah. to it all the time and they're always on there. So so I continued to, the cool thing about it is like, because, probably because I, I mean, half the 80s stuff was just all like flash and just nonsense and all that, but there was a lot of it with a ton of purpose to it that mm-hmm. at nine years old, you don't understand. Yeah. So you go back and you find it again. So, which is why I think it's just like a, Large spectrum. I have song like poppy songs that I like because I remember being a kid and jumped around to the video and lip syncing to it, yeah. and buying the tapes or whatever, listening to it on the radio. Definitely songs. And you go back and you find the other videos. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Then there's like you know some of the ones that kind of like lingered into the '90s. You go back and you catch again. Or then there's like new stuff too that you don't remember. Like I don't remember ever listening to like sunglasses at night when I was a kid. <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah. I love that. Was, I love yeah. that song now. You know, so stuff like that. That's uh, that. That was in the wheelhouse. We were making fun of that one. Was... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a good song. There's so much good music in the 80s. Like, I mean, I if you like if you went, oh, you only have 400 songs from the 80s. You probably couldn't fit all the good ones in 400 songs. So I have I amassed a collection over the years. I stopped doing it, but I used to actually make sure I had the top 100 Billboard hits for the year of every year, mm-hmm. going back to about 1942. You basically, searching you can find it. Yeah. No, I, st- I still yeah. have everything from basically 1942. There's not t- there's not a hundred hits in the forties, but we need to talk. Yeah, but I, I have all of that up. I think I stopped maybe in 2003 or four because it was because it was most of them were not actually to my liking, and I was I kind of got stuck in the they old shut stuff. down Napster. Yeah, him for free. <laughs> no, Napster was Napster yeah, for Napster amateurs. Was later. No, I I you yeah. know. I had to buy the right albums. I mean, it was, it was, at that point. (laughs) (laughs) 
but the the end result is I have the top thousand songs of the eighties that I've listened to. You know, so coming to your house with a heart. Oh, it's so, um, it's, it, you know, you listen to the bottom 50 of each year and you're in a sweet, sweet spot and you hear the shift in pop, you know, there's a lot of more one hit wonders, but there's also a lot more that, I know it's just, it's a wonderful mix. Yeah. There shouldn't be a ton of one hit wonders in the eighties. A bunch of people did one and dones. Yeah. There's a bunch of bands too that are still going strong. Or going. Yeah. yeah. Well, man, yeah, no, I mean, it's not strong. I mean, that went Grammys. <laughs> yeah. saying, like, you can still, you know, I saw Sticks this past summer again. So Aerosmith has a residency in Vegas. So, yeah. So Sticks, is Dennis DeYoung? He is not. He's right. gone. But they have a new guy. Is Tommy Shaw? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, Dennis DeYoung, I think, left a long time ago. They, they had a falling out. So I've seen Sticks four times. I've also seen yeah. Dennis DeYoung by himself three times. Really? Yeah, because he always plays, he's always at the um, Epcot Food and Wine Festival, the Eat to the Beat. Oh, okay. So it's nice. So like, it's always at night. So you're walking around Epcot and you're half hammered and it's the pavilion, um, Amphitheater's near the American Pavilion, which is next to Japan. Yeah. Every time he's there, I go grab a frozen beer from Japan, sit down and listen to Dennis Young all night. It's good stuff. Last time we were there was Air Supply. Oh, Air Supply. Uh, So the groupies came out of the woodwork. I had the Air Supply um, album, what, what was the song? All out of love. Uh, all out of love. Yeah, I had I had the vinyl All Out of Love album with the hot air balloon on the front of it, and what was it Russell Hitchcock and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. The guy who sings like his balls are in a vice for the last you know last <laughs> century. A lot of those guys in, yeah. the, in that decade. I don't know how he sang. There's a lot of those. Yeah, it's, there's just so much good stuff. Like I said, you know, we talked before. Like, I, you know, I, I went to Phil Collins finally. Yeah. Um, like I said, my last couple concerts have been like all 80s stuff. It was, it was sticks. It was Phil Collins. Um, went to Elton John Alago. I know he started seventies, but he had all yeah. stuff in the eighties. Uh, we once saw Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Nice. Uh, that was, that was, that was awesome. Um, saw the cult, you know, all these like eighties yeah. bands, stuff like that. So it's like, I went I know, to, uh, uh, my wife went with me. We saw Howard Jones mid year, Tom Bailey, who's Thompson twins. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like them too. Yeah. That wasn't that long ago, was it? Okay. No, it wasn't. It was relatively recent. This was probably like five years ago, but I I still love those guys. I try to hop on every 80s band I can. Yeah. I don't go see Journey anymore. Um, Nothing against the the new singer kid they got, the yeah. Filipino kid. I liked, you know, obviously Steve Perry is the best, but the guy after Steve Perry, mm-hmm. who sounded just like Steve Perry, so you could still, thought, you know, you, it still sounded like a Journey song. Yeah. I forget his name. He had a curly hair. They called him Steve Perry with a perm. Because he had a curly hair like Kenny G. Steve hmm. Perry with a perm. But actually, Steve Perry, actually, I think he has a new album coming out. It's already dropped. Did it's drop. pretty good. Mm. I like Steve Perry. I don't know. The Journey. One of the great one hit wonders. Yeah. I think he can still count that, even though he was part of Journey. Yeah. What? The- <laughs> you bringing up sticks reminds me of, I think, was. Uh, was Kilroy was here? Was that an '80s album? I think or so. Was that? Um, check the Google machine. Ninety, yeah. Check that out because that—that's, you know, there. Again, I'm all over synthesizer, electronic, you know, within broad musical context, and that album. It is funny how is that awesome kind of breaks. So you being on the West Coast, falling into that, yep. which, and me growing up over here, roughly the same time period. Yeah, but it's all West Coast hair bands. That we're oh, following yeah. out here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what popped bigger on. Well, 
I don't know how much. Okay, so yeah, my sense of time is pretty bad. The I don't know how much of that difference that we're seeing is because I was into the electronic and production yeah, aspects you had of it kind first. Of so where, but I mean, certainly there was more groups. I mean, I was not alone in Northern California. I'm the early being team into that, that yeah. just wishes he could get the sunset, yeah, and go to the rainbow and any yeah. of those. Oh yeah, I mean, everything was happening there. Yep. See, I didn't understand any of that shit till it was all. Well and gone, so. Well, that's the wonderful that's, thing of, you know. I just like catchy tunes, so, man. Question for you was, what's the first band, and I, I got this theory that whatever band you first discover, yeah. like on your own, the one you come to and just fall in love with, be it yeah. you saw a video, you heard the song on the radio, mm. whatever it was, I, that's, you're going to follow that group around forever and you're going to listen to that music forever. It's the old um, Chris Rock theory. You ever hear the stand-up thing? Mm-mm. Whatever music you were listening to, when you started having sex, you're going to love that forever. <laughs> so he's always going to have a soft yeah. spot in his heart for Grandmaster Flash, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, I mean, I know mine, so I'm kind of curious as to what. I actually don't know. I mean, the, maybe Depeche Mode counts, but that was, you know, I didn't discover that. There's, there are some. It could be you and your friends, like that first. Yeah. Meets Metallica. I mean, I, you know, I learned about the talking heads from a friend in high school. Uh, actually, he played bass with me and Jimmy Barnes. In fact, I, I don't remember who introduced who to whom, but uh, but I remember Tim telling me, you know, getting me into listening to talking heads more than I was. And I don't know, everybody's, you know, I got exposed to ska by playing with some guys in high school that uh, that were you know, kind of like flock of seagulls hair type of guys, but they were Are there more, any of those that you still follow to this day if they came around you? I mean, I don't like going to concerts. They're too loud. You know, my ears are... What if it's like a, 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 like a, yeah. like a small place? Like a small kind of like well, I, house of blues or something? So, so I was really lucky in the mid-90s. I worked for a small startup and, and listened to a lot of radio during the day. And got really good at calling during this one particular DJ, uh, I think Nick Carter, maybe ZLX. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know whether it was his timing or me figuring it out, but I just, he, they were doing this summer series of concerts at Fort Apache, which is a small studio on uh, Mass Ave north of, so Mass Ave Somerville, I guess, technically. And, and, I like got tickets to every little showing for like uh, an entire summer. So every, every week I went there at like, you know, it was like Thursday at noon to see a band and it was, uh, the guys with name, uh, and black Iris and, uh, damn it. I'm forgetting you, you know, the news. So, but, uh, just saw some great bands in a teeny, teeny little room with like 20 people and these guys on the stage, you know, playing. I don't know. I, I, some of the times I got the feeling that they were a little bit like, why are we doing this? Yeah. You know, playing our hits for <laughs> 20 people. <laughs> um, but it was fantastic for me. Uh, Mazzy Star. Okay. Well, yeah. um, I like Mazzy Star. I think they were one of them. And uh, yeah, but I... I don't, I don't remember, you know, I think I saw the Boston's when they were, you know, little. That used to be fun. Yeah. 
They'd play the Paradise. They'd play a lot yeah. of small places. I played. I played the Paradise. Tickets. I played the Middle East downstairs. Right. Yeah, yeah back, Middle I, East. We'll talk sometime Sounds about lit. my yeah my oh. my band days. I didn't, I didn't do shit. Yeah. <laughs> so you said for you it was Metallica. Probably Metallica. Like we, we you know we found out Metallica. I said we had no like older friends we ran with, but we we found Metallica and you know the the last couple albums, especially the last one, I, I did not care for at all, but. You know, when anything older comes on, I still crank it up. And I didn't go go this year when they came to Gillette because it was just bad timing. But I've seen yeah. a bunch of times live. They came they came to Hawaii when I was in high school, and we went to like all three nights of shows. Nice. It's like Metallica Monster Magnet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Monster, Monster Magnet. Monster Magnet. Nah, you talking. Um, but uh, that wasn't the tour with Van Halen, was it? No, no, no. So this is back in like 98 or something like that, 99. But yeah, it just they're one of those bands still. It's like, you know, and the Metallica is like a thing too. It's like a cult and all that stuff. But it's, it's really any of that stuff. Like I said, you know, I've gone to Phil Collins and Elton John and I've seen Journey a bunch of times. And it doesn't have any anything stuff. to do with the fact that Metallica is getting their own pop figure, right? I, which they are? Oh, yeah. Justice for All. Yeah. They're it's, doing. I've never seen that one. Oh, yeah, I have. It's on my it's desk a, at work and my desk at home. I yeah. agree. I had to buy it. It was too good. Yeah, exactly. It was the Lady Justice from the album cover. It's but yeah, cool. so it's just. I was never a huge Metallica fan, not really my thing, but but I do remember the the Black Album and the videos for you know mm-hmm. Sandman and One. Yeah, yeah no one yeah, one wasn't right. on that one album, was, was it? The, yeah, one really, was on. Yeah, yeah, it just, just yeah. yeah, yeah. That was like yeah. But the, I love the the technical. I love the production. I love the music. Yeah, they're good the, musicians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're very Did good. Did you ever musicians. listen to Dream Theater? Ran, yeah. We're off the topic of 80s, but. Dream uh, Theater, most definitely. Um, no. The Dream Theater had. Uh, who's the guitarist? Petroselli? Maybe, yeah. Just I don't remember the name. Unbelievable. Names. I just. Guitar it, player. Same little startup that I worked at. One of the. Oh. One of the. My roommates at that time who we worked. We worked together there. Got me into it. And I listened to every album and talk about it technical musicianship yeah. and stuff like that. Just insane. I didn't get into the technical stuff. I mean, I got into some of the guitar gods mm-hmm. after your mom Steens and Satriani mm-hmm. and Vi yep. and those yep. guys. Um, answer the question that I asked you guys. I think I'm, I was going to, I was going to go <laughs> yeah. off on, as soon as you started talking. Yeah, about sorry. Us, sorry. I was going to go off on an entirely different tangent there. We can save that one for, yeah. we can talk about synth and guitar player some other episode. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's always going to be guns and roses. Yeah. That was the sweet spot. I was 13, 14 years old. It's that first time you're like, not listening to whatever your parents were listening to. You break away. Yeah. Popped on MTV. And it went from nobody knew who the hell they were. And they were everywhere all at once. And then it flamed up. It was was much like some of the old 70s rock bands. By 92, this thing was over. Yeah. But yeah, it's true. true, Because like, you know, so same like Metallica. Metallica was like... The heavy metal guys in, in the late eighties. However, they were not on MTV. They weren't main, they weren't in your face. Guns mm. N' Roses came out of like that that you know LA yeah. kind of scene. They the, were the last, the gl- like the last. Like, they were like band. not. The hair said glam metal band, but they weren't. They were a hard rock metal. They band. They were more seventies right. rock. Than, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then you know after Destruction blew up, and they went to the Use Your uh, Use Your Illusion albums, which were phenomenal in the nineties, and then then Astro turned into a prick, and well, I guess he always was one, but then they kind of flamed See, out. This but. is this is the age gap here. Yeah, Use Your Illusion albums. <laughs> they were okay. They were good. <laughs> they were okay. Well, you, well remember, I we watched IMTV. I mean, we'll get in when they will start back in nineties. Yeah, that's the, the videos age were gap. great, but yeah, well, same, but that's but that was like their arc. They they blew up, and they it was like, yeah, no, and it ended 
with a whimper. Yeah, but they got on TV. Like that's the thought. They blew it because they were. You would see the video for um, "Welcome to the Jungle" or later on "Paradise City" in the middle of the day. Metallica videos were only on on like Headmaker's Ball, Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses. It a lot of your you look at your top hundred list, my top hundred albums of all time. There's many people that will still say that's one of the top four or five rock albums of all time. Oh yeah, oh definitely. It just soup to nuts. You just it's the last. I think it's the last album from a band of that kind. That actually had like that seventies feel to it. Yeah, it felt yeah. like a rock album. You know, I it, still have flashbacks of "Welcome to the Jungle" when I went to field training in. It was one of those riffs. Like yeah. you remember the first time you heard the song? Well, no, I'd heard it before, but this? then it's what they woke us up with. You know, at five a.m. on the first day of field, or the so, you know, the first morning that we were there. Down the halls of the of the barracks was yeah. It was loud as so. When you go into my alarm clock on my phone, it's still Guns N' Roses tracks that wake me up to this day. Nice every single time. That explains a lot, Chris. And that's they're still the one band. Like I have friends, and if Mark's listening to this, he knows exactly who he is. That was that one band I followed through all incarnations when half of them. Busted away and went to Velvet Revolver. Yeah, I like Velvet Revolver. Which is awesome. still probably the best best concert I saw in one of those smaller venues. Mm-hmm. And that before the first album dropped, they played the House of Blues for like twenty five bucks. Yeah, they were good to see them in this little hole in the wall. And you and I've been there together. It's yeah. tiny. Was that head. Duff McKagan and Slash? Or you had Duff Slash and Matt Sorum mm. on drums. So the second drummer, second drummer, and Scott singing, which. I mean, and it worked well for a couple albums. I did. Until everybody else got clean and Scott went Scott and did what he does. Which Scott? Wyland. Wyland. Not 80s. I didn't. I I actually. He was the lead singer of it. I didn't know that. I was. I mean, I was a big Stone Temple Pilots fan. That was before Stone Temple Pilots, right? No, it was after. It was after. after. It was after After they kicked him out. They kicked him out of STP, which, by the way, side note, the new guy they have singing for STP, I can't remember his name. I saw him, I saw them this summer. It was them. Yeah, it was STP, Bush, and the Cult. I went to mm-hmm. at- Bush. Yeah. I loved Bush. Um, the guy came and I was like, oh, STP, this is going to be interesting. He sounds just enough like Scott Whalen to make you realize you're listening to an STP song. Mm. So I have like a different spin on it. He's really good. So mm. they're worth seeing live now. But interesting. So yeah, so we dismayed these music talk. So yeah. um, we decided to, one thing we didn't really cover a whole lot of in the discussion was probably the, something 80s music's most famous for is the one hit wonders. <laughs> so these are songs by bands who had one song that charted, you know, top 100 and then just fell off a cliff and you never heard from again. Um, so let's do one hit wonders. All right. So this is a good place to go. So. so so this is something where I know if I spent more time looking into it, I'd probably have completely different different songs. Same here. But but I've got a few honorable mentions okay. uh, that I'll throw out there. Pac-Man Fever, <laughs> Buckner and Garcia. I had that cassette uh, with all the songs on it, Centipede and uh, Berserk. And I mean, they, they, it, they managed to make songs out of Atari Donkey games. Kong was uh, it was pretty impressive. Um, and then I actually, sometime in the last 15 years, 
you know, they they released an autographed remastered CD on Kickstarter. So I forget wow. where I got it, but so I rebought it because I love it so much. So Pac-Man Fever. Um, remember Aldo Nova Fantasy? That I never would have heard, but for somehow working a charity car wash in Alabama with some kids that I would have otherwise never hung out with. And one of them had an Aldo Nova cassette. He's like, dude, you got to listen. This is awesome. While we washed cars and fantastic, like had helicopter sounds and stuff. (laughs) And then uh, What's on Your Mind, Pure Energy by Information Society. That was, I think it's technically a one-hit wonder, though I think I had several of their albums ultimately had a lot of good stuff. Um, Those are my honorable mentions. Okay. Along with everything Everything else else. ever. I I was going to say, there's really... I got. Yeah. I threw five down here. A couple yeah. honorable mentions. Yeah, shoot me one or two honorable mentions top to three. kick it off. Um, I'm gonna go with. I mean, this this would be on everybody's list if we were just being the most obvious ones. Mm-hmm. You got to go with "Take on Me" by Aha. Okay. I mean, that's and it's still you can remember every beat of that video. Other than the fact that I have almost every Aha album and know every song on that album, so it's hard for me to think of it as a one hit. So wonder. you're the one, yeah. huh? Yeah, you're, you're that guy. Oh no, there's plenty of there's plenty of young. Yeah, they all live in the Netherlands. Girls, These, yeah. yeah. And these, everything that I'm putting on the list is just songs that are favorites for me. Yeah. Um, second no, you, honorable mention. Yeah, you have to follow my rules. No, no, no. <laughs> um, second honorable mention, Angel Eyes by the Jeff Healy Band. Oh, oh yeah. It's, going from it's good stuff. Roadhouse, I, right? Love that. Yeah. Oh, there is yes, the Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Connection. Yep. Mm. So I threw, I threw, I had to, so like I said, most of my movie, uh, music experience is tied into movies. So I had to throw mm-hmm. one movie song on there. Okay. So I'm going to throw, uh, Don't You Forget About Me from Simple Minds. Oh, that's... Honorable mentions yeah. to tie something to a movie. Such a good song. Um, but I'm going to go, like I said, I, I wanted to always want to play saxophone when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So I, any song with like a good sax riff in it, I'm down. So I'm doing uh, Hard in My Heart by Quarter Flash. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> that, love that song. That's I one of the few songs song. with a ripping lead sax. Yeah. Yeah, as she, one of the main the, motifs. The wife plays the sax and she sings also. Yeah, so that like, is so good. Yeah, that's a real good song. So yeah, it's a couple honorable mentions. That's you know, to... one of the one of the tracks off of the album I recorded in high school, not no in college, mm-hmm. ends with a really nice sax solo. Ooh. Yeah, not yeah, mine. Not, not, not beat some good sax. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so those honorable mentions are good good primers. Yeah, primers. Um, my number three one hit wonder, Electric Avenue by Eddie Grant. Mm. Ah, good. Right, combination of. Slightly different song than a lot of pop songs, you know, a little bit of Caribbean flair to it, but but also just fantastic synth song, synth oh, sounds in it. In yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. so Electric <laughs> Avenue. It's a good one. Excellent pull. Uh, number three, I'm going to go Jermaine Stewart. We don't have to take our clothes off to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. It's That's good. Uh, what the hell is cherry wine? I've never seen that for my life. <laughs> That's 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 off the that's oh off the I got path it I, got I wasn't expecting yeah. that one oh I try to go nice. random on some of them okay see if I can keep going with off the beat path so I'm going uh, voices carried by Till Tuesday hell yes yeah that's uh, another one like aha uh, for me that I know I, I love the band too much to that think one of them that way but, but you're right but especially for but my again, age, they were I mean gr- yeah. yeah here yeah yeah you no you listen right. to a lot of the Till exactly. Tuesday that's somebody you saw at the Paradise yeah exactly but they only had one good chart I mean she did after she went off on her I mean she's like probably one of the most underrated. Vocalist from that deck. Not Amy Mann's awesome. Yeah, Amy but, yeah. yeah but I'm saying like, I saw her play live in uh, Kenmore Square on the roof of the 
was it Strawberry Records there or whatever? Yeah, it was yeah. a Strawberry Records. Yeah. So yeah. The, on the roof of the wow. awning of that, she played uh, before her solo album. Yeah, That's sorry. That's crazy. Yeah, Very so cool. Voices Carry. Yep. Good tune. Very good tune. Oh, I love that whole album, man. I have the whole album. I just... Yeah. I, there are some good songs. Just, I just... No, I, I had it on my cassette fixtures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's your that's your number three. That's number three. three. Yep. All right. So number two for me, this is tough because I almost want to make it number one, but uh, Major Tom by Peter Schilling. Oh. And then the, the big choir, you know, Earth Below Us, with just that song. It's... It is so 80s, and it's definitely a one-hit wonder, but love it. Nice. Excellent. Uh, my number two, I'm going with It Takes Two by Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. Oh. It's, it's one of those, it's, it's an earworm that you just can't it's, get rid of. It's stuck and in to my this head day, right now. My wife, who does not sing in the car, will bust out the second that comes on. I don't think there was a party in college that I DJed that I didn't play that song. No, it was a constant yeah. loop. I was not expecting Chrissy to get so funky. Yeah. Just but, didn't see it. But it's, it counts. Good stuff. So my number two has already been talked about, but it's Take On Me. Hell yeah. 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 I mean, it might be not just one of my favorite one-hit wonders, probably one of my favorite it songs really, from the decade. Yeah. I love that song so much. Um, and then anytime it's covered too, like- Real Big Fish did a cover of it. Oh, yeah. For the movie yep. Basketball. That's really good. That's actually on my gym yeah. playlist. And yeah, nice. I, I can't argue with that at all. That's one. Yeah. Great tune. So question. Video notwithstanding. Yeah. Just the song so itself. question for you guys. Since that's clearly a song whose much of its popularity is keyed on that video. Yes. Right? That video. Yeah. That was, that was my gateway into it. But yep. if the video isn't there, what happens to that song? And if that song doesn't hit. What does Happens pop culture lose? Yeah. No, the band oh, the band is fine, but what do we lose? Because that video set some tones and expectations and possibilities. It did. So they probably, I think if the video doesn't exist, they probably don't make as much money because the video doesn't get played as many times. Well, that's true. But yeah. if it's like your standard, like, con- that song still hooks in because it, Chris just mentioned earworms. I think it's stuck in your head and never goes away. It's been in my freaking head yeah, for 30 years. Yeah, but you wouldn't have heard it as much if it hadn't. That but video it was... Once. Yeah. That song all it takes is once. It's funny. Yeah. So in my Jeep, you can program the series for favorite bands, things like that. Yeah. So it'll mm-hmm. tell me if Metallica's coming on, Aha is one of them. Because mm-hmm. uh, the only song they're going to play on Sirius is that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just so I can jump immediately to yep. the 80s on 8 or wherever it happens to be playing. Oh, they had The Sun Always Shines on TV and... Yeah. They yeah. saw we were talking about so they saw got to back together and did like an acoustic set. It was on online. Oh, that was that's awesome. Beautiful. I love that. And they got me. I was like, oh, these guys. I mean, the the dude from Aha. Uh-huh, like, I guess they were still very popular over in Europe all yeah. this time. Yeah, that like Hasselhoff. No, no, uh, Hasselhoff was very. I mean, we're talking like all of like Western Europe, but okay. Um, that dude had some pipes. He could, oh yeah, yeah, you know he could. He was a great. And he's and he's beautiful. Right. I mean, just come on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was a Helmsworth before the Helmsworth or Helmsworths. Well, no. He's not a Helmsworth. <laughs> he's like a step over. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's like Elfin and, and Tiny. He's not He's a, a Helmsworth yeah. cousin he's Oliver. Elfin. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> he's Oliver Helmsworth. <laughs> All right. So my number one, one hit wonder, and I had to actually go look it up. I'd always thought it was one artist. It was actually, so it's a song called Wouldn't It Be Good, which was on the Pretty in Pink soundtrack. Mm. I'd always thought it was by Nick Kershaw. It actually is by Nick Kershaw, but the version that I heard was by 
uh, Danny Hutton Hitters. Danny Hutton was mm. one of the lead singers of Three Dog Night. Okay. And he covered okay. the song. And that cover is what's on the Pretty Pink soundtrack. Pretty Pink oh. soundtrack. Except when I listen to the Nick Kershaw song, it sounds the same. So so I clearly need to go back and research. But that song, the reason I pick it, is clearly a one-hit wonder. But it's got synths. It's got it, – I mean, it, you, you, you guys might not even remember it. So listen to it. It's just such a fantastic 80s anthem. Nice. Excellent. Very good. It belongs in Breakfast Club or, you yeah. know, it, it would fit that, well yeah. in one of those. Yeah. Oh, well, it was a John Hughes movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. True, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Close you enough. could swap yeah. a lot of those. Um, my number one, I'm going with Too Shy by Kajagugu. Oh, yeah. Oh, good it, that's just the quintessential 80s anthem. Did they, I'm sure they had other songs. I can't tell oh, you They one. did not. So remember, they after that, they one guy left, they kicked one guy out and it became just Kaja. Oh. And then yeah, the one dude- morphed and then- The guy that left Kaja Gugu ended up doing, the, I think, the never-ending story theme song. That's what I was going to mm-hmm. say. Lamal? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Something like that, yeah. Not bad for a young kid, right? Yeah. Look at that. I yeah, Kaja Gugu. Because it was tied to a movie. Yeah. Good, good pick. Thank you, VH1 pop-up video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed that. All right. How about you, DJ? Number one. So my number one is actually funny because it was my probably my favorite before, but this song, especially up here in our area, has kind of taken on life of its own the last couple of years. Okay. It's Your Love by The Outfield. Oh, mm-hmm. I love the song. It's, the song oh, yeah. is the jam, but mm-hmm. our local sports radio station, uh, one of the co-hosts is Scott Zolak. He's played quarterback for the Patriots. Yeah. He's a madman. He's a maniac. He likes all this 80s rock and stuff too. Okay. They started using it as their weed in for the 12 o'clock hour. Yeah. And it's like, and he didn't know the name of it. He just calls it Josie. That's the name he calls oh. the song. And now like, if, like they'll play it at the Patriots games and stuff like that. It's, uh-huh. like, it's like one of the Patriots theme it's, songs now. It's kind of like the Patriots version of like Geno time for the Celtics. Yeah, exactly. It comes yeah. on when the game's yeah. out of reach. So, so you picking that as your number one song. That was also one where I thought about it because it is, it, it might be, I don't know. It's definitely one of my favorite songs, but that album play deep is one of my favorite 80s albums, really? period. No kidding. For Intriguing. a few different things. So the whole album, front to back, fantastic. Highly, highly recommended. But the reason it had such an impact on me is because my very first car, uh, which was from my stepdad, and I think it had been his car, a 1974 Audi Fox, um, that album got stuck in its cassette player. <laughs> so this was the car I drove back and forth to my summer job working at Marine World Africa, USA in Vallejo, California. And and so I listened. Now there are six flags now. Not quite as cool. Um, but I listened to that album and only that album. You didn't have a choice but to love Driving to and from high school, driving to and from my summer job. And I'm just glad I love it. It's so good. Listen to all of it, DJ. Yeah, no, I, I have I have the whole thing. Um, I do, but like I said, your love ended up going on all like cookout playlists and everything. It's just it's one of the songs. It's just everyone likes it. It's just it's a, it's the jam. It's such a good song. Yeah. So I'm, I'm rechecking to see if that was actually on my uh cassette tape deck here, and it's not because the damn tape it's was stuck, stuck in my in, yeah. <laughs> in a junkyard somewhere in Northern California. 
So we're going to recap our top threes. Sean, if you could recap yours real quick, Sure. I had uh, Electric Avenue by Eddie Grant, Major Tom by Peter Schilling, and Wouldn't It Be Good, originally by Nick Kershaw, performed by Danny Hutton Hitters. From Pretty in Pink. Chris? Mm -hmm. He could totally be a DJ, by the way. Just he could. A side. Yes, yes, yes. I had could. a radio show for he's, a while. He's got that an announcer. Voice he's got so, the radio so. voice. It's like a letter to Shadow Stevens. He's got the radio voice. I have the radio face. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Chris has a radio voice. No, I don't think I do. But thank you. I appreciate it. Um, my number three, We Don't Have to Take Our Clothes Off by Jermaine Stewart. <laughs> Still can't fucking believe that was on there. <laughs> That's right. Number two, It Takes Two by Rob Bass and DJ oh, Easy Rock. Such a good yeah. And at number one, Too Shy by Kaja Gugu. That's oh, so good. I want uh, number three, Voices Carry by Till Tuesday and Amy Mann. Uh, number two is Take On Me by Aha. Uh -huh. And number one is Your Love by The Outfield. Uh, I love I love our lists. I love the fact that your each of you picked three that could not be further from One Hit Wonders for me. Like, <laughs> that, that's how much I love those songs is... I know all the bands on their work. <laughs> and what you can do with like 80s albums and bands and instruments, I can do with like cartoon characters. And oh, yeah. It's yeah. yeah no, it's I, it it's feels familiar. So this is fun. So we uh, we tackle some movies and we did some music. We'll have to maybe keep the thing going, maybe dip in some more movies, do some TV or something. We'll, we'll figure something out. So, uh, so thank you everyone for tuning in. Yeah, I was just saying, you know, any any suggestions for, yep. for oh, 80s TV. bullshit topics we can wade through, uh, send them along. Yeah, we need we need to get to December so we can go watch Aquaman. Then we'll talk about Aquaman for two weeks. But yeah. <laughs> until then, um, you can hit us up on Twitter at FMan37. Sean's at Vacaboca. I'm at Deidrenaut. Chris is at Chris Davis underscore 37. Check us out on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes and Google Play and SoundCloud. Leave us reviews, comments, whatever. You want to send us an email? We're at fanmenpodcast at gmail.com. Please don't put us on any weird mailing lists. <laughs> nice. Now you planted that idea out there. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just going to cut that part out. So. <laughs> so, so thank you for tuning in and see you next time. Later, guys. Later. Later.